What's the room again? Uh, 1240, down at the end. Ooh, what's that? Sammy, don't touch that. That's someone's old food. Here we are. Do you have the key? You have both of ours. Oh, right. Not working. Rub it. Come on. Try flipping it over. Seriously. Why can't we go inside? I'm tired. Give me yours. You have mine. All right. Please, if you could just... Dad, why aren't you opening the door? Can everyone just shut the... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipola. Let's go to the NFC. NFC East. So Philly wins the NFC. And they have one of the most interesting off-seasons ahead. Like, normally a team that's that good, it's like, oh, well, there's going to be continuity, and, and there will be on a lot of levels. But no one's repeated in the NFC East since Philly did it in 2004. It ended up arguably being the best division in football this year with three teams making the playoffs. Hargrave, free agent. Bradbury, free agent. Gardner-Johnson, free agent. Dillard, the tackle free agent. Is Kelsey going to retire? Are they going to get a Jalen Hurts contract extension done? Two first round picks. A lot of questions, but a really Placing two coordinators. And, and, right. Both coordinators become head coaches. A lot of questions, but a lot of talent and, you know, decent cap space. I think 14th, 15th in the NFL and two first round picks. So it's not all negatives and they'll re-sign some of those guys, especially I think Bradbury in the secondary. Do you think they are primed to buck that trend and repeat as NFC East champions? Uh, I feel like they're in a much better spot than some teams are, even with the turnover, because there's no team or teams before we get into the free, before free agency in the draft that is positioned to knock them off. You know, I I don't feel like what they did last year was a fluke. I don't feel like it was a one-off. Uh, I gained a level of respect for the quarterback that I didn't think was possible. And the before, coach. And the coach. Where before the season started with the quarterback, I don't think many people had him ranked as a top 15 quarterback unless it was for fantasy football purposes. And, you know, now he's looked, he should be looked at as a top 10 guy with what he did this season and in the playoffs, even with the great players around him. So given all that, like think shit happens. I mean, the Rams were older and they weren't sure guys were unsure about coming back, including the head coach, you know, Stafford had the elbow thing right from the beginning of the year that knocked them off. And, you know, they had one of the worst seasons by a defending champ ever. But yeah, I mean, I think Philadelphia, uh, if they if they win fewer than double digit games next year, something horribly wrong occurred. 
It's I agree just, with you. I I think that the appreciation that everyone has for Howie Roseman makes it feel like he's going to do a good job. And Hertz should be motivated to sign his contract soon. Like maybe he'll bet on himself. Like, cause like you if he wants to play it really aggressive and hardball, he'll wait for Lamar and Burrow and those guys to sign, bet on himself to have another great year and try to really cash in. But second round pick, those guys are usually motivated to sign deals. And obviously he's got some injury risk and running quarterback and all that. So I assume that they'll do the, get that deal done. And I assume that they'll hit in the draft I love the idea of them taking Robinson, the running back from Texas that everyone says is like a Saquon Barkley level prospect to upgrade from Miles Sanders, just like an embarrassment of riches. And so I assume that they'll hit on both of their first round picks. I assume they'll bring back the guys in the secondary. They had a ton of depth on the D line. So losing Cox and and Hargrave should be fine. And I don't really think that Dallas is that good. And we know the Giants are a fluke and Washington's a dumpster fire. So I just think it's a fascinating team that, I mean, hell man, Jalen Hurts is probably the best quarterback in the NFC. That's a pretty good way to have stability all of a sudden, even if you lose your coordinators and you lose. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson for the next five years? Contracts, throw them out the window. Just the player. Hurts. Me too. Hurts, Hurts as a passer this year was great. Now, Lamar at that stage was great too, right? Year two. I mean, Hurts is year three, but, you know, early on, he had a great passing season. But Hurts, I assume you're saying Hurts on Philly. Like, with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, I don't think Lamar's going to a situation that's going to be even close to as good as that including Baltimore. Um, so, and it's going to be an, at least another year till he really gets expensive. So yeah, man, I, I would take, I would take Hertz. I would take Hertz. They're an incredible roster and an incredible organization. Yeah. But I, I but I, I thought both of those rising tides lifted Hertz. I think in a vacuum or individually, he's still not getting enough credit now. You know, one game can define a legacy. I know a lot of the stat people don't like that. But the performance against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, to me, even though Kansas City was a league average defense this year, I thought was the type of game that, you know, exemplifies why he is such an ascending, potentially great player. And say what you will about Lamar Jackson, make whatever excuse you want for him. He's never had a playoff game that has looked anywhere close to that. He had an amazing run against the Titans that was jaw-dropping for a touchdown. He's got one playoff win, right? Yeah, it was in Tennessee. Yeah. Other than that, he hasn't even come close to that in a big game. So I'm saying Hurts, and I think they will be very dangerous again next year. Yeah, I do. I do too. I think they're in a very interesting spot. Uh, all right. So Dallas, as we go through the Eastern division here, would you prioritize 
offense or defense with their limited resources this offseason? What would you what would you focus on? Offense. Yeah. Yeah. My logic there would be, and this is kind of sound funny. I trust the defensive coordinator to get more out of the defense on his own than I do the head coach to get a lot out of the offense on his own. I think it's got to be players and not scheme. So I want to make the per- my my default answer in most of these cases is to say offense. And I just think with Quinn coming back and Parsons there, you build around that and you can fill in holes or spots with just you know average guys that you expect the, the scheme and the coach to get more out of. They're they're wide receivers. The Cowboys need big upgrades there. They really do. If I were DeAndre Hopkins, that's where I would want to go right now. I would want to go play for the Cowboys. And I think it's a risk worth taking if I'm Dallas because of what the free agent market looks like and because of what the draft looks like. I would expect that the Cowboys will have C.D. Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, and I think they'll have like either Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee or like Zay Flowers in their offense next year. I think they'll add at least two wide receivers. Man, we never talk about our actual takes on these questions, but you almost like went word for word how I felt about it, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about McCarthy and losing Kellen Moore and bringing back Dan Quinn. All of the pressure is on an offense that was top five in the NFL last year to stay there. And in terms of pressure rate, you know, they were also great, obviously, with Lawrence and Parsons. I could see if one of the top corners falls to them. I could see that being a first-round pick on defense, but I can't see a defensive lineman. I can't see a linebacker. I can't see a safety. But if the kid from Oregon or uh, Witherspoon from Illinois, like if one of those guys fell, I could see that being like the only scenario. I don't see those guys falling that far in the draft. Neither do I. It's a premium position, but just but like that's the only scenario you know I what? see them using a first round pick on defense. I I will agree with you, and and here's why. I actually have to give Jerry Jones credit for something as a as a team architect, and not a businessman, but as someone that does the drafts. He will make a decision. I think better than most. If there is just a great talent, and he slips in the draft. Jones will take him and just be like, we'll figure it out. Yep. He does that repeatedly. Parsons, which is ex- Speedy Lamb. Which is exactly what I would do. And that's why I have said there should be like a czar of just fuck you football people. <laughs> like, do you see that this is happening? Take this person. <laughs> right. Because the biggest yeah. misnomer in, in football, and every GM says it, we're going to take the best player available. of teams don't do that. They take the best player at the position of need available. I think Jones takes, well, and if there's a guy that falls, we'll just say, all right, we don't need CD lamb, but what the hell? He should have gone 15 spots earlier. He should have gone three hours ago in this draft. I like (laughs) that about Jerry Jones. No, I do too. I do too. Watch Jalen Carter end up on the Cowboys. Oh boy. Right. I could see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, that would be adding to a strength, obviously, but it's uh, but that's the type of thing that they they would do. All right, your your New York Giants. 
they have franchise tag Saquon and they have signed Daniel Jones and they objectively overachieved last year. Is it possible? Is there any scenario on the board where they don't regress in the win-loss column this year now that those players are more expensive and it'll be tougher to fill out the roster? They had a negative point differential last year. Uh, I think Dable's really good, but my answer is no. I agree. I think I, it is. I, I, I can't even imagine the, the only possible scenario is if Daniel Jones actually is great. Like if Dable really is a quarterback whisperer and Daniel Jones really has a super high ceiling where he can be like yeah. a, an elevator of talent, you know? It, well, he like elevated that, the talent there, which was not much to 15 touchdown passes last year. No, You know what I mean? No, I, I again, I, I mean, I think it's 5%. You know, I, I think it's, I think the idea, the chances of the Giants having a better year next year than last year is probably about 5%. I agree with what my, you know, great friend Greg Giannotti said about the Jones signing the day after it happened. Daniel Jones should be obligated to send at least a million dollars to the Vikings defensive coordinator who got fired after that playoff game because he giants fans in New York were craving a playoff win at Donatel. Thank you, Spencer. They were looking for January playoff success and they've been lacking it for so long that they forgot that they went against the worst defense in the league. He had a really good game and that, I think justified it even more in the minds of fans there that keeping Jones around long-term was the right thing to do. So I haven't seen the way the deal's structured. I don't know if you have Danny when, where the outs are in it and how much of it is completely guaranteed, but I think the giants, I think maybe the giants had something happen to them this past year where they take one step forward and two steps back because of the deals they handed out. I don't, I don't have the exact thing in front of me, I, but I, I think it's, you know, he's your guy for the next two years. You know, I, the thing is, though, the only thing that doesn't square with that is if we think Dable's awesome and Dable has influence, then Dable signed off on it. Then Dable wants him. Dable wants Yeah, well, him. before he traded for Matthew Stafford, um, Sean McVay signed off on a Jared Goff extension. So shit happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) So same question then on the giants, as I asked on the Cowboys, like your first round pick receiver, do you, do you go offense to try to like triple down on your investment and making your investment in Daniel Jones look smart? Cause they got holes everywhere. They're not a very good roster. You know, I have not – I still have to obviously pour, like, so much time and energy into the draft prep, but I would think one of those tight ends would make a lot of sense for the Giants. If the kid from Whether Notre Dame is there? Dalton Kincaid. Mayer, right, is his name? I thought Michael I, – I thought Michael Mayer looked like he was going to be Rob Gronkowski's freshman year yeah. at Notre Dame. And the times I saw him this year, he looked like he was about 100 years old. <laughs> so I know he was probably playing through injuries and stuff, but he just didn't move as fluidly the times I saw him play. 
this year. And a lot of the draft gurus think that the Utah tight end is actually a better prospect than him now. So maybe they saw some of the same things that I did this past season. Last team, the commanders, you mentioned them earlier as a Lamar team. Would you say they're closer to the playoffs or to nearing to, to tear it down and rebuild? Because the, how you answer that question, I would think, would impact how you would approach finding a quarterback this offseason. No, I think they I think that they should want I think that they should want to get a quarterback in there to win. The only thing that would, you know, like let's say you actually had a stable organization and not an owner who was a complete nitwit and you had like the the sale of the team pending and everything else that's like distracting you from just focusing on the football stuff in Washington as like the team builder. I would be affected by what happened last season with the veteran quarterbacks that went for steep prices to other teams. Like that would mess me up and make me think that like bringing in somebody, a veteran on a short-term contract for a lot of money is a bad idea. It's not going to work. It would make me maybe more inclined to try to get to a position where I could take one of the young quarterbacks in this draft. Um, But I think that their overall roster, they showed it last year that if they have a halfway decent quarterback in the NFC, they're good enough to win 10 games. So I agree. You know, they decided to bring back Deron Payne when they already have sweat and chase young. And they've got three good receivers. Dotson really impressed me. And we know McLaurin's great. Like, they're pretty good at a couple of like premium areas of team building skill position on offense and pass rush and defensive line. Right. So my question for you is if you're Aaron Rodgers, like, and you're, and you're the commanders, why is that something that like, I've never even seen any like single second of, airtime or ink spilled on him I, I, going I, there. Because you haven't seen an, an NFC team. I think So they, that's just because Green Bay – I thought we're getting to the point where, like, now you hear, oh, all Green Bay wants to do is get rid of the guy. Well, I, if, yeah, I mean, I we we have heard that, but, I, but that has not come in conjunction with any reporting that San Francisco or – Atlanta or Carolina is in on it. It has always been Vegas. The Jets and Raiders. Or, or New York. Yeah. So I assume that that prevailing logic is still there. But don't you feel like Rodgers has the leverage because he can just say, I'll retire? But nobody believes him. You're going to give up yeah. $60 million? Right. Um, no one believes him on that. But and- what if he says, I'll just come back and play for you guys then? which I don't think they want either. Well, so that's the question. Would they rather have him on the Packers or on an NFC team? That's What's your question. answer? I mean, if I'm them, I would say on the Packers. I know, but I feel like that's not their answer. Right. You know, my, my, my answer is Aaron Rodgers with his head on straight is still a top five or six quarterback in football. Um, I think that's becoming more and more of a minority opinion. But he had awesome moments this year. He had plenty of bad ones. But I don't believe you go from back-to-back league MVP to 
horrible. Uh, but yeah, man, I, mean, I did. I really did watching. I mean, the and the and, and the more and more last season has gone into the like rearview mirror as it's like fallen out of sight for me. The more I've been, I've tried talking myself into the fact that if he gets a fresh start somewhere, he's going to be really good next year. But I know that when he inevitably has bad games or sucks in his next um, with his next team. I'm going to be like, you son of a bitch. You watched him in 2022 and he sucked. Why did you spend so much time referencing things from three or four years ago? Which is what you're doing and and, and that's what it, it's rubbing off on me because I'm doing the same shit, man. <laughs> two or two and three years ago. Okay. And he lost Devontae Adams. It may, it, there, were, there were plenty of reasons for Rodgers to take a step back this past year. Now, here's the thing. I think it's very valid to say is Aaron Rodgers going to do the soft factor teammate thing that you need to do to like get on the same page with a whole new offense and a whole new group of skill position players? Is he bringing, you know, Terry McLaurin and Dotson? Is he bringing them out to his house and running routes on the beach? Oh, because he wants to drink ayahuasca and all that bullshit, right? I mean, no, that, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, you know, like there was the reporting on like that Christian Watson and those and the receivers in Green Bay like never hung out with him and they didn't know his hand signals until like week ten. Like, and he was just being real hard on him. Like he was like, "Get on my level," but he's like, "Hey man, can you help me get on your level?" And he was like, "Nah, I'm doing other things. I'm going on McAfee's show and reading books." Like, you know. It's just a weird, he's a weird dude. Brady is likes to hang, right? Brady likes the locker room. That's that's Brady's thing. He's the friendly superstar. So he went down to Tampa, and Antonio Brown lived in his damn guest house. Like, you know what I mean? Like he he did everything he could to hit the ground running in Tampa. Is is Aaron Rodgers going to do that in New York or Vegas or Washington or Carolina or wherever? Like I. I don't know. I think that's a totally fair question. But I think that the physical talent is still very, very, very high end. But I think his level of commitment to football is waning by the year and it's showing. I think that I think that as much as anything else is what happens there. But I think he's a jet. I don't I don't think you get, you know, you put on the tux, you get the corsage, the limo comes up and you don't go to the dance. Like I, I, I think, I think he's, I think he's a jet. Yeah. But if you're a man that has a backbone and scruples and all these things, then the jets are the last team you'd want to go to because of who owns them. All right, man, we'll do West division. Yeah. All right. Well, are, are we going to do West division? Or are we just going to do, I'm guessing the next two weeks will just be free agency stuff. Right. And we'll get back to divisions later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Free agency preview, free agency reaction. Uh, and then we'll probably get back to the AFC and NFC West in uh, in two weeks. Cool, man. All right. Thank you, Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Peace. What's the room again? Uh, 1240, down at the end. Ooh, what's that? Sammy, don't touch that. That's someone's old food. Here we are. Do you have the key? You have both of ours. Oh, right. Not working. Rub it. Come on. Try flipping it over. Seriously. Why can't we go inside? Give me yours. You have mine. All right. What? Please, if you Dad, could just... Why aren't you opening the Can everyone just shut the... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 